It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. The Oklahoma City Thunder sweep the Portland Trail Blazers as Josh Giddy returns with a phenomenal game in Oklahoma City. We're going to talk about SGA and the rookie impact of Jalen Williams all coming up on today's Locked On Thunder podcast. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. I am your host, media member, and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. On today's show, the Oklahoma City Thunder Sweep. The Portland Trailblazers in a two-game baseball series. Lou Dort locks down Dame. Josh Giddy is electric. SGA gets those MVP chants again. And speaking of Josh Giddy, NBA legend and NBA champion Chauncey Billups, head coach of the Blazers, had a lot to say about Josh Giddy. We're going to get into all of that. But let's start, like we always do, with our game overview. In this game, Chet Holmgren is out with a foot injury. Usman Jing is out with a wrist injury. Jerry was out with an ankle injury. And then you had the two G League assignments of Jalen Williams and Trey Mann, both with the G League team in Vegas, playing at the Winter Showcase. And wow, Trey Mann, by the way, as an aside, first game of the, of the G League season for him, played amazing, 35 points in his debut. Uh, Darius Baisley was active in this game. However, he was a DNPCD first game back from illness. He was a did not play coach's decision. The Thunder starters were SGA, Lou Dort, Josh Giddy, Jalen Williams, and Poku. The best minute getters for OKC, the top five were SGA, Giddy, Lou Dort, Jalen Williams, and Mike Muscala. That was the lineup that you know that, that had the five most minute getters. We're gonna start today's show a little different than normal. 
It's normally SGA always out of the block hot, but this time it's Josh Giddy. So Josh Giddy out the last couple of games with an illness and within that span, not playing Saturday, not playing Sunday, not playing in Monday's game, of course, not playing Tuesday on the off day. Coming back today, within that span, four four days, Josh Giddy lost 10 pounds. Now, before the game, Mark talked about how difficult this sickness was on Baisley, on Giddy, and he said they have no hard and fast minute restriction, but I'd be shocked. You know, we're going to monitor it. I'd be you know and see where they're at, but they have no hard and fast restriction. But we are going to look into it. And then after the game, Mark said he was shocked that Josh Giddy could play as many minutes as he did. And then Josh actually revealed the number, which was ten pounds lost because of the illness, and then said that he felt it out there. He could feel kind of him being lighter. And, and, and not having as much of that bruising power as normal, but it was good to be back out there, obviously, for Josh Giddy. But before we dive into his game, just remember, with the context of that, that he is fresh off an illness that cost him 10 pounds, he still played this well against the playoff team. And I spoke to Chauncey Billups before the game, uh, and I asked him pregame, I said, you know, Coach, what do you see in Josh Giddy? And he spoke glowingly for a minute straight about Josh Giddy, which you can find on the Lockdown YouTube page for one of the shorts that we put up. But here's what he said. Chauncey Phillips said that Josh Giddy has an incredible feel for the game. He plays and makes the simple plays, which makes the game easier for himself and for others. And he always has his head up looking for the next thing to do. And that he's a big guy, so he gets to his spots well on the offensive end. And that he is thinking the game for his teammates. Chauncey Phillips says that he loves the calmness that Josh Giddy plays with and that Josh Giddy is an excellent young point guard. Excellent young point guard. Folks, I know it is a problem or, or, or difficult to sit on your hands or to not be reactionary or to not formulate your hottest take right now. But he's played in... 81 NBA games. Friday, he'll have played in 82 NBA games, which is the length of a full season, obviously. And plus the stop and start nature of his career so far and the some games with Shea, some games without Shea nature of his of his career so far. When you factor all that in, like let's not rush to judgment on Josh Giddy because we've seen more good Giddy than we've ever seen bad Giddy. Like the, like the majority of his games have been very, very good games. Whenever I talk to scouts at games and talk to Chauncey Billups here, you know, an NBA legend that, that knows guards very well, obviously, and now a coach, everyone says that they think that Josh Giddy's going to be a really good player, and they think that Josh Giddy will fit well with SGA. And in this game, they played off of each other very well. People were so such in a hurry to to throw out the, the record that, that the Thunder have whenever Josh Giddy does not play, which is like 7-0, whatever it is. But they forget that in these last three, four games, they've been the best we've seen SGA and Josh Giddy play together. And that continued tonight. Six of the first 10 points came from either SGA, Josh Giddy, or Jalen Williams, three of your most important players, if not the three most important players who were active tonight for the Thunder. Josh Giddy and SGA found each other on cuts. Josh Giddy and SGA worked well in transition. Josh Giddy and SGA set each other up in the half court. Like they did so many good things together, as they have been for the last month whenever they're both healthy. So don't rush to judgment on 82 games of Giddy's career, half of which have been spent without SGA. 
And even with that SGA pairing, as we continue to bank in games this season of that pairing, it's looked better and better and better and better. This is going to work in my opinion. But at least give it time. At least see if it'll work before you just automatically throw the two out. I always use the example of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Like Boston fans last year at this time around Christmas wanted to break those two up. Then they went to the NBA Finals. In this game, Giddy was excellent, especially given the context of the illness and losing 10 pounds. 13 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists, a steal, 6 of 8, uh, six of eight shooting. Fantastic passes. Like Josh Giddy always makes great passes. This was a particularly great game from him passing the basketball. Even by his standards, this was a really good game from him passing the basketball. He also was communicating well defensively. And it was noticeable the difference in how he was aligning his teammates, what he could see, and as as Billups pointed out, how he thinks the game and how he can get his guys aligned on the defensive end. So I asked him after the game, I said, you know, Josh, you know, it looked like you were communicating better out there. Has that been something that's been, you know, a point of emphasis for you? And he said, yes, it's been a point of emphasis for me. And that, you know, it's been something that he views as something he needs to step up and do as a way to impact the defensive end. Because obviously he's not going to take the best option, not going to take the second best option. So if you're not going to do that, Josh Giddy views it as I might as well communicate the best I can and have my impact felt there as well. Offensively, the passing was great. The efficiency was great. He was awesome attacking downhill, awesome splitting the defense and creating for himself. Even had this awkward 360 spin around baseline jumper which looked awkward, but splashed home with perfection. And he was massive, massive on the glass. The tip outs, grabbing the rebounds themselves, and even just box outs, like the box outs were great from him to allow others to go clean it up or to make it a longer rebound to give Oklahoma City a chance whenever they lack the size. The way Josh Giddy rebounds the ball and impacts rebounding goes far beyond the rebounds per game. It's going in there and poking free a rebound that Portland already grabbed. It's going in there and off of the rim, slapping it off the backboard to make sure that your other teammate can get a chance at it. It's putting a body on somebody with his 6'8", which he claims is 6'9", frame. Like, Josh Giddy has such a great impact. Again, him and him and Shea playing well off of each other before the sickness and now continue to do so. And, oh, look, they won a game together, which many were panicking about how that looked with Josh Giddy off the floor. It looks great with Josh Giddy on the floor as well. This is a really fun team. And Josh Giddy picked up the Thunder in a massive way. Look, SGA was great again, and he was fantastic again, and the standard for SGA just continues. And in the second half, he had nine points on 27% shooting. Think about that. Like, we, we, we get so SGA-centric for a good reason. He's playing at an MVP level. He's playing at a level... That you know, as a top three NBA player level, but we get so SGA centric that we forget how young the rest of the team is and how quality of players they are. Because in this game, the Thunder were down 14 points, and in the second half, your best player by far and away by a country mile was SGA, and he had nine points on 27% shooting, and you still won the game. You still beat a playoff team, you still beat them two games in a row, and you still were able to find a way to come back from down 14 points. We'll talk SGA, we'll talk impact of winning from rookie Jalen Williams and so much more. But first, I want to tell you about our good friends 
over at the NHTSA. You know that driving high is considered driving under the influence? That's right. Driving under the influence is marijuana and is against the law in every state, even the states in which marijuana is legal. That means driving high can get you a DUI. And if you think law enforcement officers cannot tell when you're driving high, well, you're wrong. Your friends can tell, your coworkers can tell, even your parents can tell, everyone can tell. So what makes you think that law enforcement officers don't know when you're driving high? Driving under the influence of marijuana can slow your response time and change how you perceive time and speed. So even if you think you're fine to drive when you're high, you're not. Because the bottom line is it feels different, you drive different, and driving high is driving under the influence. So remember, drive high, get a DUI paid for by NHTSA. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder podcast. I want to tell you right now about your friends over at the Lockdown Sports Today podcast. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. For your second listen, check out the Lockdown Sports Today podcast. Subscribe to both on YouTube or wherever else you get your podcasts from. And let's talk SGA. Shea puts up 27 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals, a block, Goes thirteen of goes eleven of thirteen at the line. Two missed free throws for him. Very rare, which is incredible to say that missing two free throws is rare for him. And the leap he's made at the free throw line, going from about an 80, 81 percent free throw shooter in his career to now shooting above ninety percent at the free throw line, goes zero for three from three again, but shoots forty two percent on the on the floor with thirty five minutes played. He has these amazing mid range jumpers and. I know it's getting repetitive saying that, but gosh, look at the way that he rises up over defenders and is able to just shoot clear over them, creating space with just his length. And then the step backs in the mid-range create so much space. He's able to knock down shots whenever defenders barely give him enough legal space to land. The way that he is able to, to hit these difficult shots is jaw-dropping. And we're seeing that whenever you surround Shea with shooters, good things happen. It becomes pick your poison at that point because you know you have to gravitate toward him whenever he's going to the rim. And if you do that, you leave shooters. And if you do that, they can knock it down. There was also an amazing set where Shea had the ball. And whenever Shea was dribbling top of the key, Mark like came out almost half court and was telling Muscala to run through, run through, run through. And eventually Muscala did. And whenever Muscala cut through the top of the key, that meant that Nurkic switched on to Shea. And the Blazers, instead of rotating down Muscala, just doubled Shea. And then Shea kicked to Muscala, which then it got the defense's attention to slide up to Muscala, which left J-Dub in the corner. So Muscala made the extra pass to J-Dub. He was wide open in the corner, and the rookie could not hit the shot. However, it just goes to show how many options that play gives you to score. Either they, whatever you do, cut through, either Nurkic takes on Shea, and the, the Blazers just continue to fall down the line where Shea's defender then walks with Muscala to the slot and you know and, uh, Jadup's defender stays in the corner and Muscala just cooks Nurkic at the top of the key driving to the rim 
or they do what they did, which lets you have a wide open three, or they don't step up to, to Muscala on the first pass. Muscala is able to go and knock down the three himself without making that extra pass. Like there's just so many options for that play to work. And if they don't position themselves right, even on the cut through and even doubling Shea, Shea can just step up and split the two right down the middle and go through them. So like there, there's just so many ways for that play to work out with that alignment whenever uh, that play happened at the end of the fourth quarter, you should go and, and, and monitor it. It was awesome to watch, and it was a a play that I think that the Thunder will utilize a lot and have utilized a lot. But the difference in this in this game for Shea, 18 points on 62% shooting from the first half, uh, and then in the second half, as I mentioned, 9 points on 27% shooting. It was like the reverse of, of Monday. Monday, he struggled, struggled, struggled in the first half and then turned it on in the second half. This time he had it in the first half. Didn't quite have it up to snuff in the second half. However, he hit so many big buckets down the stretch. He is such a great scorer already. And that's without the three-point shot really being a huge part of his game. Like, he's not taking very many. He, he's he's only shooting 34% of the ones that he does take. Like, he is still, though, a 30-point-per-game score without that massive threat, which, you know, we think that eventually he can add, especially just with the nature of his game we've seen before him shoot 40% from three before. And also with the continued work with Chip England, now that can, you know, can add that, like we always talk about Chip England as a Josh Giddy coach and as, as a focus of Josh Giddy. Well, spending time with Shea and unlocking Shea's three point potential takes him from what a 30 point per game score to how high, like how, how high does that, does that height reach for Shea and Lou Dort? deserves a ton of credit too. Like Lou Dort has had an up and down season and, and it's been a very volatile season for the fan base around Lou Dort. 14 points, three rebounds, three assists, a steal, a block, 45% from the floor, two for six from three. But the big thing here is he absolutely smothered Dame on the final possession, which got OKC the win. Also held Dame overall to 16 points on 31% shooting from the floor. There was also a sequence where I've never seen someone defend a transition three against a guy Dame's caliber this way. So the Blazers were on transition on a fast break and they threw the ball to Dame on the, you know, at the break of the three point line and Dame gets it ball fakes. And instead of flying by him, Lou Dort just stops on a dime and stays planted. 99.99999% of the time you're going to see even guys, the caliber of Lou Dort just go right past the shooter on that fake and set up a wide open three for Dame in transition, which is what Portland wanted. Uh, and Lou Dort just stayed in front. Like it was incredible. And, and Dame missed the shot. And so I asked Dort about that after the game and he couldn't remember the play at first. And then I, and I kind of explained it more to him. And he said that his goal was just to stay in front of Dame. Just no matter what happens, stay in front of him because that same play happened Monday and Dame got Dort, you know, lacking and was able to knock down the shot because of that flyby, that you know, kind of play that was set up that we mentioned before. And so that's another sign of how great Lou Dort is defensively. He can go game to game and alter the way he defends elite-level players like Dame, which for a young team, this is kind of the closest they've gotten to a playoff series. Now, now of course, Dort and Shea played in that playoff series in the bubble, but these baseball series are a great measurement for them in terms of how a playoff series would work, playing the same team back-to-back, 
Both teams have to throw counter punches. No matter if you win or lose, you've got to try to adjust to the next game. And that was one adjustment game to game that Lou Dort made. Hey, he got me on this play last game. I'm not going to fall for it again. And seeing that adjustment in real time and in a tangible way against an all-level player, an all-world player in Dame, makes you feel really happy and excited about what it can look like come playoff time whenever this team is ready to to make it there for Lou Dort and for the rest of this team. And then J-Dub. Jalen Williams out of Santa Clara, 15 points, four rebounds, an assist, one for three from three, five of eight shooting, just these amazing cuts, amazing perfectly timed cuts to the basket. And J-Dub's dunks deserve a lot of credit. And it's not as though it's going to win the dunk contest anytime soon, but the way that he emphatically slams the ball and the way that he always brings the energy off of those dunks, it is an energy-giving play. You cannot help but get excited for your teammate and for yourself whenever you see a perfectly executed cut led, you know, followed by a booming dunk, followed by J-Dub screaming and, and, and being excited and giving you that energy. Defensively, he blocked the jump shot, very hard to do, and defended Grant really well in the low block whenever he got switched down there because of his length. He has so much defensive potential, which I don't think he'll ever reach that Lou Dort status where you put him on Dame and just go to go to town, but he can reach a good status, like a, a, a you know a, at least above average one defensively because of the length, because of the intangibles, like his you know, lateral quickness that you just can't teach. You can't teach his length. You, you just are 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 with a guy that that has so much potential on the defensive end, just based on his on his frame alone. Offensively, used on and off the ball. I love the way he gets low under the basket and and kind of behind the basket a little bit and uses that rim to create space. And still at that awkward angle behind the basket, he's able to flip the ball up for a layup on a reverse and just still nail it. it. It's really impressive to see him do that. On ball, the Thunder used him as the ball handler in horns, which I thought is great. Like I hope that we see that a lot, lot more this year as J-Dub being the ball handler in horns. It sets up that give and go in the high post for him, which is going to be money more often than not due to how great he can cut. And I think that just J-Dub in general allows this team to run more and to get out and transition more, which I think pushing the pace is where this team is at their best. Let's talk Kenny Hustle. Let's talk Isaiah Joe and how this team is able to pull off this amazing win all coming up. But first, I want to say right now about our good friends over at BetterHelp. Go to betterhelp.com slash locked on NBA. Make sure you check them out today. Unfortunately, Life does not come with a user manual, so when it's not working for you, it's normal to feel stuck. Navigating away from life's challenges can make you feel unsure, whether it's a career change, a new relationship, or being a parent. Therapists are trained to help you figure out the causes of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills, which makes therapy the closest thing to a guided tour of this complexity engine called yourself. BetterHelp has connected over 3 million people with licensed therapists, and it continues to give it to you in a convenient and accessible way, 100% online. So make sure that you go there and see the benefits of learning healthy coping skills, self-empowerment, helping you get over and deal with the trauma that you have experienced and deal with that trauma in a healthy way. You are benefiting from therapy whenever you go there and feel free to Explore it a bit and, and see for yourself at BetterHelp. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash locked in MBA. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P 
com slash locked on NBA. It's affordable. They can help you as they've matched 3 million people with professional licensed and vetted therapists. You fill out this brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. It's uh, all there. And if things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime you want to. It could not be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% on your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on MBA. That's saving 10% on your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on NBA. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax. Make your moves They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast. On the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. Drop below in the comment section, what grade would you give Josh Giddy? A through F on his first game back from his illness and how he's played in this contest against Portland. Let's talk Isaiah Joe real quick. Six points in the third quarter. Back-to-back threes from him was huge. 17 minutes, two rebounds, an assist, a steal. The problem with Isaiah Joe that he ran into in this game was that Portland did did a phenomenal job of hunting the switch and getting him onto their bigs like Grant, like Nurkic. And at that point, Portland played him off the floor by hunting those switches. And it it could, of course, be matchup dependent, but Joe was taken out of this game and you lost that three-point shooting because they were able to find ways to get him onto the big man. Now, Kenny Hustle deserves all the flowers as well. Nine points. In the last three games, he's had double figures twice and now nine points in this one. He is creating his own shot off the bounce a lot more, continuing to do that while still you know, diving for loose balls, still taking a charge. The Thunder as a team drew at least three offensive fouls in this game, which is how Kenny sets the tone in 26 minutes. Nine points, seven boards, two assists, two steals. Over the last 13 games, OKC's a top 10 defense, and obviously... OKC has some disadvantages, but whenever they send the trap and have to send doubles, like obviously Portland can take advantage of that with the backdoor cut, which they utilized greatly on those lob plays. But this Thunder team still find ways to scrap and to fight and to play the passing lanes, get offensive uh, fouls drawn, create turnovers, hustle. And when you think about this defense, which is a top 10 defense in the last 13 games, which is 12th overall for the season, I believe, and you add in, Chet Holmgren, who is an elite interior defender, an elite rim deterrent, and a really good defender, and Usman Jang, whose defense you know, was his calling card as a prospect and has played really good defense at the NBA level already as a rookie, as a raw rookie nonetheless. When you know you have those two guys winning in the wings, it really has to excite you for the future of this defense. And you have a coaching staff that throughout their entire tenure so far in Oklahoma City has coached really good defense and, and really good defensive principles and, and has always had a nice defense, especially for the context of their roster. So Kenny Hustle does a great job again setting the tone. Uh, the, the Thunder also did a matchup-based strategy with Muscala and Poku. 
And I asked Mark about it. I said, you know, Mark, Muscala played 20 minutes tonight. You know, how much of that was about Nurkic? And he gave a really good answer that's, and, and said when they first sent Muscala into the game, the Blazers immediately took out uh, Nurkic. And so the Thunder used that as a tail and then started matching Muscala and Nurkic. And so he said, I told Poku, when Eubanks is in, you're in. When Nurk is in, Muscala's in. And so for comparison, Nurkic played 22 minutes, Muscala played 20. Poku played 20 minutes, Eubanks played 20 minutes. Uh, so Poku had three rebounds, two assists, two steals. Uh, I should say like uh, three points, two rebounds, and six uh, steals. Nonetheless, I messed that all up again. But Poku uh, played nice in this game, but Muscala was just kind of the better option for the bigger Jurkic. And, and, and that's been a consistent trend for the Thunder since preseason. Like in, in training camp, Mark was talking about how they'll play Muscala more in drop coverage and against tr- you know more traditional big men. Uh, and then Poku, of course, matched up with Eubanks in this matchup. But this is a big deal. Like I was on Lockdown Blazers on Wednesday, and we agreed it's incredibly hard to sweep anyone in back-to-backs like this, where, where you're playing the baseball series to the same opponent in three days. And the Thunder did that. The Thunder not only did that, the Thunder took on an incredible counterpunch, which I talked about also on Lockdown Blazers. The Blazers had the advantage. They're on the ropes. They lost the first game. They have more things that they can put into practice and learn from it's easier to get get more out of your guys after a loss and get, and get them to change their ways more after a loss than versus a win. And the counter punch was actually physical for the Blazers. Like it was not just a, a preaching thing of like, hey, we got to do this better. No, no, no. They got back Nurkic, which gives them the ability to defend Shea and defend at the rim with a really good rim deterrent in in Nurkic. Plus, you have Grant. Plus, you have Eubanks. Plus, you has have this size in Portland and. With that counterpunch, with that new wrinkle put into their team, it still did not get them a win in Oklahoma City. And this is great for the for the young Thunder core to, to make it feel kind of like a playoff set of, of how you adjust to the adjustments, so to say, against other teams. And this year, the Thunder are 4-0 in baseball series. Now, granted, one was uh, against the Clippers, where one game the Clippers did not have either Paul George or Kawhi, and then one game that they did have just Paul George. But still, they're 4-0 in these baseball series, which are very tough. And I asked Shea about it. You know, a young team um, having these kind of playoff feels in, in the back-to-backs. And he said, it's a challenge for sure. We responded well tonight. The ups and downs were there for both teams. We stuck to our game plan uh, for both games and, of course, got the win. Uh, so so there's that. Also, Shea said being voted into the All-Star game would be a huge honor and would be fun for sure. And he dreams about it. And, he, you know, every kid that plays basketball dreams about it. So, as a reminder, go vote for Shane to the All-Star game. Also vote on Sunday, with which is a three-time one-entry vote. Make sure you go do that as well. Uh, so let's talk about how the Thunder won this game. Portland led by 14 points. OKC led by four. Ten lead changes, five times tied. The Thunder actually, like statistically, they won the rebounding battle. They won it by one, one rebound. The Thunder and Blazers both had 18 turnovers. However, the Thunder capitalized more. They had 20 points off turnovers to compare to Portland's 14 points off turnovers. OKC also won points in the paint. They also won second chance points. They lost fast break points, but only by three points. The Thunder shot 46-33-84. Portland shot 49-39-66. and Here's the kicker, okay? The three-point and the free throw. The Thunder shot 25 free throws and made them an 84% clip. Portland shot nine free throws. Here's the other kicker on the flip side. OKC only made eight three-pointers. Portland made 14 three-pointers. OKC won the final three quarters after losing the first frame by 10. They won the last three frames and got the win in general. 
The bet of the day was OKC plus three and a half. That obviously cashes in. The MVP of the game, I'm going to go with Josh Giddy for MVP of this game. What a great job for him it was to come in and off of that illness, be able to capture this incredible game and play well at Shea and get the win. The Thunder have now won three straight. They're five and five in their last 10 games, and they sit with the same amount of losses as the Warriors and the same record as Toronto. They have the same losses as the Warriors and Lakers in their own conference and the same record as Toronto at 14 and 18. Right there, right there. Let's see what direction the Thunder are headed. This this is, you know, a topic that we're going to dive into on tomorrow's show about where the Thunder are headed and, and what this looks like in the future of this season and beyond. But one thing is for certain, this is a fun basketball team that you need to go support. Support them. You've got a chance on Friday against that very fun Pelicans team. Pack the house before the holidays over the weekend. Come back for New Year's Eve. Come back Tuesday night against uh, the Spurs. This team deserves your support. Tickets are uh, affordably priced right now. Make sure you go head out to the homestand and you are able to uh, support this young team because every single night you're going to get a very fun experience. And it's been a lot of fun to watch, so I hope that you all will go there and enjoy it as well. I hope you also enjoyed listening to this podcast. Subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms. Subscribe on YouTube. Drop a comment on YouTube. Like on YouTube. All that fun stuff. And until tomorrow, whenever we talk about where this team is headed, we talk about the NBA draft, and we talk about our Christmas wish lists, wish lists is, we'll see you then. Be good, and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.